The following podcast is brought to you by Radio Southland and New Zealand On Air. Radio Southland is a community access media station based in Invercargill, New Zealand. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website, radiosouthland.org.nz, for our contact details. You're on Radio Southland, 96.4 and Coast Access Radio up in Kapiti because this is Grinding Gears with Pete and Aaron. Your weekly show about cars and drivers, enthusiasts and the obsessed. This evening uh, we're starting with a bit of Bureau BS, then the upcoming five-door Jimny, and a couple of capable uni students that actually got a scholarship to McLaren in the UK. Um, don't forget Tesla time.
It's Pete and Aaron. Right here, right now on Grinding Gears, Radio South, the 96.4 and Coast Access FM in Capity. Kicking off this week in the Big Lemon. And the question is Auckland's Royal Oak Roundabout, New Zealand's most notorious. Yeah, well, Royal Oak residents say more needs to be done to the local roundabout uh, months after its most recent upgrade. Uh, the roundabout underwent changes late last year after 61 crashes over a four-year period. Well, the government is proposing legislation, as it does, that would allow councils to make big changes to street layouts with less public consultation. Now, despite the fact they should actually consult the public, locals say even with the consultation they had, the recent upgrade just didn't do enough. Yeah, cars spill onto Royal Oak Roundabout from five entrances. And residents say it's a challenge for drivers picking their moment to enter and the throng of vehicles. Mm. Uh, the upgrade at the end of 2021 changed the roundabout shape and replaced existing zebra crossings with the raised speed tables. Jodder bars of sleeping policemen, as we call them. Oh, yeah. A woman RNZ spoke to near the roundabout, so the changes hadn't made an improvement, stating what they've done to it, spent all that money on what they've done recently, and it hasn't made any difference. And, of course, the lack of provision for people on push bikes in the recent upgrade has also angered some residents. Yeah, Matt Vander Rogen uh, lives in the area and said he avoided the roundabout because of how often drivers pulled out in front of cyclists when they're eager not to miss the gap. Mm. City driving, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he reckons people want to get in as quick as possible because the gaps are so quick and short that you really have to... You, you really just have to jump in and, you know, just get into it. Uh, so everyone off the mark really quick, and it just continues to flow on and on, and it just gets worse. Yeah, Joy's living in the big city, and unfortunately a cyclist was killed there riding near the Royal Oak Roundabout in March last year, and Roygen said it needed a redesign to make it less car-focused. It needs to be redesigned more with a, uh, according with what the value they valued not just uh, moving lots of cars here as quickly as possible. It's pedestrians and cyclists, apparently, that all need to be taken into account. Yeah, and while you may know our views about cyclists on the road, it's a big city and there are... They are uh, a more practical solution. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's just a lot easier than starting the car for a five-minute walk. Oh, and, and they're and park- finding parking in Auckland. And like in a two-hour traffic jam, you know, mm. you've got to drive five minutes. So um, so traffic's coming, uh, slowing speeds, vehicles in, and s- slowing speeds of vehicles entering the roundabout, considering there's uh, 10 lanes going into it. Uh, residents say maybe change that to a single lane in the geometry of the design to slow traffic and maybe, uh, yeah, make some space for some more cyclists. Yeah, we'll have the unfortunate thing of bottlenecking it, though. And others, RNZ, spoke to your suggestions on how to make the intersection safer, including stalling traffic lights, which isn't a bad idea, building jutter bars, which I thought they already had, or moving pedestrian crossings maybe back a bit. Auckland Transport said it was uh, no Stranger to request for more changes to the roundabout, but typical budget constraints meant the most recent upgrade limit, uh, was limited on what it could actually deliver. Yeah, in a statement, uh, it said the interim safety measures had made a difference. Uh, site observations and monitoring have been carried out, and it has been found that the speed of traffic is reduced, especially when circulating around the roundabout. This makes 
it much safer for all road users? Well, obviously not so much, as in an article from the Herald says, uh, whited out speed signs have left Auckland drivers guessing what the speed limit actually is. Still ETF? Yeah, stump drivers guessing speed limits are expected to drive at 50 kilometres an hour where, uh, in areas where speed signs have been whited out and a preparation for new signs to be installed in Auckland transport records. How long does it cha- uh, take to change a sign, eh? Probably yeah. thousands of dollars just to unbolt it and put another one up. Mm-hmm. Well, signs in the urban south or former Manukau city areas, including Flatbush, Botany, Pakaranga and East Tamaki, have all been whited out as part of the rollout phase three speed changes, an AT spokesperson said. Yeah, they reckon the new signs have been installed in a preparation for the change of the speed limits will be kept covered until they eventually took effect just this past Thursday. So what speed should drivers be going in areas with covered signs. The default urban speed limit is 50 kilometres an hour in areas where other signs are not displayed, the ET spokesperson reckons. So if only signs uh, present are covered over, then a 50 kilometre speed limit still applies until the 26th. Yeah, um, MP Simeon Brown, uh, National Transport spokesperson, tweeted that the Orangi Drive signs were the speed limit changes from 80 kilometres an hour to 60 were among those that were covered up. Well, you reckon vehicles aren't slowing down, they should be as they enter a 50k zone, and it seems like a pretty unsafe implementation of the speed limit changes on what is the uh, major arterial. Yeah, Brown told the Herald the implementation of Labour's speed limit reductions in Auckland has been confusing for motorists because of poor blanked-out signs and sometimes two signs with different speed limits for the same area. Brown stated this can be incredibly confusing for motorists and can sometimes mean drivers travel incorrect speeds, such as on Tiarangi Drive. Kiwi motorists are becoming increasingly frustrated by Labour's radical policies of simply dropping speed limits all over the country. Kiwis do want better and safer roads, not just slower speed limits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the speed changes are being made as part of the government's nationwide road safety road to zero strategy, uh, which after the holidays, road tolls obviously hasn't done bugger all. As um, part of the rollout, new speed limits are being implemented on more than 1,600 roads around Auckland. A police spokesman said until the new signs were installed, the last posted speed limit would dictate the maximum speed somewhat contradicting what the Auckland Transport spokesperson said. And, well, unless you're familiar with the area, eh, well, the last posted speed limit's covered. Yeah, yeah. Now for a happier topic. Um, and the madly popular Suzuki Jimny, uh, small but effective and apparently a bit of a wait to get one if you're looking. Mm. Yeah, but now there's a couple of extra doors. While it may feel like ages since we first heard about the length and Jimny prototype, at last, the production version is on its way. Yeah, and I reckon it's worth the wait. The Jimny 5 doors, every kind of bit as funky as we'd hoped. Look at even more like a mini Mercedes G-Wagon than a than the three-door version in the end. And to accommodate the extra set of doors, Suzuki stretched the Jimny's wheelbase by a whole 340 millimetres. It's still far from a large thing, with a total length there uh, remaining comfortably under 4 metres. Yeah, at the same time, though, uh, there's now a much bigger cabin seating 5. The three-door passenger Jimny only accommodates for four in some luggage. The boat capacity is 208 litres, up from a tiny 85. 
uh, folding the rear bench down opens up a whole 322 litres of space. Mm, that's good as. It's powered by the same Natsu aspirated 1.5 litre inline four as the three-door version, producing a modest 103 brake horse, 106 pound-foot of torque. And available uh, hooked up either to a five-speed manual gearbox or a four-speed auto. And so, the five-door Jimny will be even slower and less efficient than its smallest sibling, but uh, let's gloss over that. Yeah, off-road, and it'll be slightly less capable than the three-door model with approach, uh, breakover, and departure angles of 36, 24, and 50 degrees, which are actually the same as the short wheelbase. The ground clearance on both cars is also the same at 210 millimetres, while a selectable four-wheel drive system is shared across the two. It's pretty well equipped, and coming with the old Apple wireless CarPlay, Android Auto, and a rear parking camera, all working out of a nice 9-inch touchscreen, plus six airbags. And yes, you can have it on either the 15-inch steel wheels or alloys, which are actually the same size. Yeah, well... I'm pretty sure I'd like one of these. Yeah, I would you? like one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a perfect fit for New Zealand and less of an issue than the much larger utes and SUVs getting around. The only problem is, in much of the world, that won't be possible. It'll be sold in India, where actually the car is made, Africa, Latin America, and eventually Australia and New Zealand. But not where the majority of the people live, i.e. Europe and the USA, so... <laughs> Yep, uh, the Yanks sadly haven't been able to buy any version of the current car in an official capacity. In the UK, meanwhile, the only way of getting a three-door Jimny is opting for the two-seater commercial version, which is just it's judged um, by the less stringent band emissions regulations. <laughs> uh, we don't have a date for any New Zealand release, but we'll keep an eye out. Uh, now for some other good news, and two Kiwi students take up a, a McLaren engineering scholarship in the UK. Yeah, University of Auckland, the old UOA, mechanical engineering students uh, Sabrina Yardley and Joshua Cates are the latest Bruce McLaren engineering scholars to travel to McLaren headquarters to hone their skills at the Working Base Supercar Company, which still actually bears the name of the Kiwi founder. Sabrina and Joshua were greeted at the Clara Technology Centre at the MTC in Woking by former UOA alumina Lizzie Grant, herself a former Bruce McLaren engineering scholar in 2019, and they're working on battery technologies for the company's future electrification. They're also owned by another fellow Kiwi, Pierce Scott, who's actually the company's executive director of PR, and a fellow called Jim Marsh, chief transformation and people officer. Yeah, Joshua and Sabrina will be completing a three-month scholarship that will see them working in multiple departments across the company. Based at the MTC, the McLaren Production Centres, they will have stints with uh, designers and engineers, as well as with the marketing and after-sales teams to gain a unique insight into the workings of the 3,000-strong crew. Mm. The Bruce McLaren Automotive Award was established at the UOA in 2016, funded by Neil Patton, Eric Tracy and Rob Whitehouse, in honour of Bruce McLaren, of course. Additional funding also came from Sir Golan. Colin Giltrap in 2017. Didn't he sell Toyotas? Giltrap Motors. Rings a bell. Yeah, uh, Professor Jared Rowe, Dean of Engineering at University of Auckland, stated, the facility of engineering and the university are honoured by an ongoing connection with Bruce's legacy through the Bruce McLaren Automotive Scholarship and Internship. 
Uh, we are grateful for McLaren's Automotive ongoing support and their generous donors who will make this possible. It would be so cool. And he did add, we are incredibly proud of senior student Sabrina and Joshua who are now embarking on their three months co- uh, inter- internships with McLaren. Their skills and passion for engineering, combined with the unique experience of their internships, which yeah, really would be, will fuel our students' passion for automotive engineering, and yeah, set them on the road to exciting careers. Yeah, we bet, um, we bet they will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, but for a quick bit of history here, born in Auckland, uh, Bruce, Bruce McLaren arrived um, in England in. 1958 on a driver to Europe scholarship that founded um, the racing team. In the 1960s Bruce also unveiled the first McLaren Superclar uh, the M uh, what's that called? M6 Sorry. GT M6 GT. It's brain frayed. After McLaren was tragically killed in a Can-Am testing accident at Goodwood in 1970, the team carried on for a whole other decade before uh, being incorporated into Ron Dennis's Project 4 Racing in 1981, which is where the roots of the current organisation lie. But McLaren always valued its heritage and Bruce McLaren's legacy as core values. McLaren Automotive was officially established in 2011, in part fulfilling Bruce's dream of producing supercars for the road. Yeah, and they, they sure did. Mm. <laughs> On that note, it's time for a break and it's a good old Kiwi song here for Bruce. Ladies and gentlemen, the Mockers. Walk away from me, I'm not the kind that likes to be put down. Don't leave me standing here. To be the
Here back once more with Pete and Aaron. Right here on Grinding Gears, transmitting from Radio South to 96.4 and Coast Access Radio Capri. Tesla time once more, and more controversy as a company tried to hide a downgraded 2023 Model Y performance brakes. <laughs> Buying fancy red caliper covers can like a wannabe boy racer. Yeah, a change that Tesla made in the middle of last year is coming to the attention of owners and repair shops. It turned out that the smaller rear braking components of the Model Y performance aren't what they appear to be. Uh, Tesla is utilising a red painted caliper cover, not totally unlike the cheap ones that you find at your local Repco store to make your brakes look bigger. <laughs> to its credit, Tesla did say last year it was changing manufacturers for the rear calipers on the Model Y Performance. Older example, that's used Brembo components while once built after August 15th, 2022, use Mando products, whoever they are. According to Drive Tesla Canada, this also said that the change wouldn't impact braking performance, despite them being smaller. Yeah, over the weekend, aftermarket Tesla performance part suppliers are uh, ZEV Centric. Yeah, Zev Centric, ZEV Zev Centric, yeah. that's kind of Zev fancy, Centric. Isn't it? Mm, pretty cool. Yeah, 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 modern. Uh, no, well, these guys noticed that. Um, on a Model Y performance that um, it had ordered. The shop said on Twitter, it's a small caliper and the smaller rotor, which is the same on the long-range model. Now, So now you are paying for the same brakes, only fake red. Now, functionally, the covers likely had no major benefit outside of an aesthetic improvement. On top of the change in caliper design, Zev Centric also noted that these new brake components are almost exactly the same as the ones that come on the Model Y Long Range. The pads are identical to those in the uh, Long Range in terms of size. The only measurable difference is that the rotor is 2mm thicker on the Performance version. Uh, from the looks of it, the front brakes might be the same as well. Uh, the Performance Part Supply noted that they look awfully similar to the, to the next one. Like front and back? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, have yet to confirm similarities or differences aside from the fact that they are both Bremo four piston setups. Either way, smaller red rotors, uh, smaller rear rotors and calipers have the shop feeling duped, it reckons. Yeah, Dazzle's website specifically says that part of the Model Y performance upgrade is performance brakes, but they don't specify what that means. Yeah, you pay for an upgrade and you. Don't get an upgrade. Paint is not an upgrade in any book, much less a performance one, the shop said. And yeah, we can completely understand that take. Yeah, well, as if you needed less motivation to buy a Tesla. But hey, that's why we do this every week. Never short of stories about the main. And there will be another one next week as well, as well as us. We will be back. So till then, remember, don't be a dick. Make a click. so happy cause today found my friends here in my head I'm so ugly that's okay cause so are you look on here's Sunday morning is every day for all I care and I'm not scared by my candles in our days cause I found God
happy Cause today I found my friends And in my head I'm so ugly That's okay cause so are you Broke on me is Sunday morning It's every day for all I care And I'm not scared Light my candles in a days Cause I found God Proceeding podcast was brought to you by Radio Southland with the support of New Zealand on Air. Their funding of accessmedia.nz makes these podcasts available. To find similar programs by other stations involved, go online to accessmedia.nz.